gets weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. You ever, th- you ever done something that you think is like really brave and progressive and you've regretted it pretty quickly afterwards? Almost instantaneously, a hundred, a hundred times. Yeah, yes. yeah. No more dick pics. <laughs> Please. <laughs> no, how dare you say that? You've, you've won. You've seen one. I've seen one. I tell you what, though, it was like playing with a Ouija board. I did not know what I was doing and now I've invited all these demons into my <laughs> life. And I've got them trying to contact me at four in the fucking morning. Can I say I'm very disappointed because I contacted you to find out how many dick pics we had this week to talk about. Yeah. And how many did we receive this week? We, well, I, I might have been my own gatekeeper, so zero. To everyone out there listening, okay, don't listen to John John trying to, like, talk you out of it, okay? It's his, like, 18th century, like, puritarian, like, he thinks he has to say no, okay? To everyone out there, please unblock us, okay? <laughs> And send your dick pics to John. John wants them. John is terrible at trying to massage the dick pic out of people. Please stop saying massage. I'm just saying. I heard, like, some of the interactions. I'm just saying, like, you maybe need to massage that a little bit more. For those who've just joined us and this is their first foray into the podcast, Mm. essentially a bunch of boredom. We rate dicks now. Yeah, apparently people send us pictures of their dicks and we rate them. Well, one. One. And then we frightened everybody off. Well, that dick did look like it came from the pet cemetery. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was, It yeah. It's going to slash your Achilles tendon when you walk past the bed. Yeah. It's kind of, it's like you have that idea of like what you think the zombie apocalypse is going to look like. And then, you know, you don't picture the ones that are like 27 days dead. Yeah. Um, and have bits falling off them. That was kind of the dick that we saw. It is. This is the dick that a dog would bury and come back to. Mm, mm. No, you know what? I, I think a dog would be like, oh, yeah. no, I don't need that, even later. But I think the thing that is very interesting is that um, I didn't get them completely just out of the blue. People mm. would friend me. Yes. I'd, because it's Instagram and you've got to be mm. friends. I'd follow back. Yes. And then the conversation would start. Yes. And it was always very meaningless. Yeah. Until that's... it got to the whole, so how how many dick pics have you got now? And I'm mm. thinking, oh, it's about to become three. And then I'd tell people that if you do, we're going to review it. And then I'd get blocked. You know, well, you can't be like, we're going to skate. We're going to hate on your dick. You, <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Do you, want, do you want me to tell you what you need to do? No. When the, no. What you need to do, you need to be like, why, sir? I have not seen one fine strapping young penis today. Oh, could you be the one to set my phone to flutter, sir? That's I, what you do. I haven't seen my own since I topped 150 kilos. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone strangers. Outsource. Outsource. No, that's because you're not giving it a little bit. I think if you need to put a little bit more of that when you talk to people, okay? Yeah. You might you might massage the, the dick pic out of them. They're shy. They're shy. They are not fellas. shy. It's four in the fucking morning and people are messaging me. Everyone who messaged John, please just send John a picture of your dick. Please. I don't think I don't even think they were listeners. That's what I find annoying. Please. I think they were just random people on Instagram who saw your post. <laughs> this is a horror podcast, but we seem to be inviting the horror into our homes. Yeah. Possessed fucking dolls. Yeah. Diseased zombie cocks. Yeah. What's next? 
Yeah. Oh, wait. Um, I'll take tit pics. <laughs> I was going to say pasty pussies. <laughs> <laughs> That's next. Oh, my God. Well, no, I think for like equality, I need to get the titty pics. Okay. So, ladies, send me your titty pics. Um, and we won't review them. Oh, no, we will. Oh, okay. I'm going to love titties. I'll talk about titties all day. Titties okay. are great. Yeah, but we're going to be, it's not, it's not going to be a fair review. Oh, no, it's getting, what's it, that's it, like. It's going to be like the Chinese state media. Today we received two excellent titties. One was slightly larger than the other, oh, which my. is good for people who are left-handed. See, this is men. Men don't understand. When, like, ladies are in the bathroom, we spend yeah. so much time just analysing and playing with each other's titties. Because we love titties. We all appreciate the titties. I love titties. We're all just like, oh, my God. Like, that. oh, my God, that bra. Like, oh, feel it. These are real. Like, we do that all the time. Send us your horror titties. Oh, <laughs> it's just going to be some lonely man at four a.m. That's fine. I'll take I'll take a man shirtless. Oh, but are you though, or are you going to talk him out of it? You and your oh, do you really want to show me your dick? Yes, they want to show you their dick, John. Stop talking them out of it. This is a very courageous moment that they're facing, and you are cock blocking oh. them. You're cock blocking them, John. Oh, because men do not have an outlet for their dicks on the internet. <laughs> well, no, not since you shut them down. Yeah, it's all my fault. Not since you shut him down. All my fault. Oh, my God. I'm going to start a new movement, John 2. <laughs> so, anyone out there, please send your dick pics to John. We're not going to scathing review. We're going to give him an honest report. We won't mention you by name, but we'll just give you an in-depth analysis of your penis. But just be known, if you're going to suddenly like every single post I've got on Instagram at four in the morning and then DM me, I know what's coming. I'm psychic like that. I'm the Yuri Geller of dick pics. Yeah, well, welcome to dating in the 21st century. Welcome to womanhood, John. Oh, yeah. I am the Yuri Geller of At least dick pics. Like- I will bend your dick through space and time like a spoon. <laughs> do I have to pay extra for that? Yes, you do. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just like... That would just be brilliant. I'd love to see you like on, you know, AGT, America's Got Talent. And then you just see Simon Cowell cripple over in pain. Thank you. Now for my next act. Tell them what I did, Simon. (laughs) You stuck a psychic thumb into my perineum. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then you could be like, Terry Crews, tell us who was this mystery exec that you've never named that touched you inappropriately. (laughs) And just be like... And then on the next page of like Entertainment Weekly the next day, we'd just see like executive producer crippled dick. And we'd be like, oh, that's the guy who touched Terry Crews. Crippled yeah. dick? Yeah. Isn't that a grunge band? <laughs> if it's not, it should be. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my God. But this is the last time we're talking about dick pics at the start of a fucking podcast. Well, the way that you keep shutting them down. Yeah. Uh, I don't have time for this. On a happier note. Oh, my God. I got so excited last week because I thought that today, Wednesday, was my birthday. Turns out my birthday is tomorrow, as I found out, even though I took the day off work. Yeah. It was a day out. But you decided to do something very special for me for my birthday. I'm so excited. Tell the listeners what's happening this week. Well, you've you've definitely ruined the podcast from here on out because I'm in charge of the episode. Woo! So I had to research a lot of control C, control V <laughs> off the internet. <laughs> that, oh. A lot of that. Oh, 
oh, kids today, you yeah. leave them alone. But it's the first, it's the start of a two-parter. Ooh. So we are we are ostensibly going to be talking about Australia's first recognised serial killer. <gasps> oh, the one with the street cred? He does have street cred. Excellent. Because that's where he did all his crimes. Oh, hello. But. Oh, yeah. It's part of a broader topic. Oh, Oh, God, here we go, you bloody socialist. <laughs> if, if this is going to end with a fair pay speech. It's what? You're going to end with like a fair pay for a fair day's work speech. So what, I write one episode out of 70 and I'm going to try and get fair pay? <laughs> <coughs> oh, God, all right. No. So shall we, shall we crack on with this week's episode while I awkwardly read? Well, uh... Should, actually, okay, let's just give everyone a few seconds. Yeah. Okay. So just take a dick pic. Okay. <laughs> and then type in the words at the John Brooks. Yeah, J O N. Yeah, J O N. Yes. Oh, maybe there's some poor J O H N Brooks out there being or inundated. The Canadian country singer who is excellent is getting a lot of very strange dick pics. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of it, his new album is going to be very interesting. <laughs> very interesting indeed. But yeah, so we've given people a moment to do that. Okay, hit me. I'm very excited. I don't know what to do. I feel like I should give myself like a pedicure. Well, I don't know what to do either because I'm, I'm trying to read and I have terrible eyesight and terrible reading. <sighs> Isn't it your own handwriting though? It's, I typed it. Oh, it's even worse. Okay. You can use a bigger font, you know. So I've, I've even done your shitty puns and everything. So. <gasps> oh my God, I'm so excited. So this is Ghetto Gabin in the Woods <laughs> for a week. <laughs> no, two weeks. Two weeks. If we have you back. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <coughs> Got to audition for my own podcast. <laughs> we well, won't look at the dick. Nah. We'll get someone in who will. <laughs> Fuck, there's enough of those people. <laughs> if I get that TV job. <laughs> uh, shall we? Yes. All right. They say you are what you eat. Well, that makes me a pussy and Liz a vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> it's mean, but it's true. Because Liz is a vegan. And I live on a strict diet of street cats. <laughs> it's a pandemic. There's supply chain issues. I've got to make do where you can. You're such an asshole. Well, today, because it's Liz's birthday, Woo! or so I was led to believe. I thought it was on Wednesday. A woman lying about getting free shit never. <gasps> we are talking more broadly about people who've committed to a meat-free diet. Oh. There you go. Now, to be fair, when it comes to easy targets for ridicule, veganism and vegetarian have long been low-hanging fruit, mm -hmm. which is appropriate because most vegetarians don't have the strength to climb a ladder. Easy. Easy. <laughs> this is low bar. Yeah, low bar. Cheap jokes, but I've always loved a bargain. <laughs> now, while the ethics of meatless diets are undeniable, mm -hmm. the question is, we're all human. So what happens when a mushroom muncher goes rogue? And gets a taste for blood. Ooh. There you go. Because every family has its dark sheep. The Windsors have Prince Andrew. Mm. Uh, Liz has her family. Um, <laughs> and stand-up comedy is littered with them. I literally grew my hair and my beard back because I looked too much Louis C.K. Yeah, that is true. That was that was not a good look that to was have not a good at look the at time. All. Yeah. No. yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are looking at me and thinking, I'm going to see some unwanted dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But today's episode is all about what happens when flower children put down the daisy chain and pick up a chainsaw. Oh, no. I always warn people that, you know, one day it's going to happen. I'm going to like... Fuck it, Look at the Manson family. Yeah. Oh. Peace and love until it's not. <laughs> and full acknowledgement here, much of tonight's material comes from wickedwee.com. So fair play to them for this research. And it's not plagiarism if you acknowledge your sources, Liz. 
<laughs> so let's drop the mushrooms and put on our butcher's apron in this week's disrespectful birthday episode of Meatless Equals Murder. <laughs> Oh, I got so excited that I was like, ah. <laughs> or, who dares interrupt my tofu? For the fans of Black Dynamite out there. Or my personal favourite, yeah. Jackfruit the Ripper. <laughs> That's a good one, actually. It's not bad, is it? I'd, I, you know what? I'd buy that t-shirt. There you go. More, more, more Gabin merch. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> if anyone knows how to prepare that shit. Now... Vegans and vegetarians might be derided as weaklings and tree huggers by right-wing pundits and lazy comedians, but when it comes to murders, it seems that people on a meatless diet are just as capable of garroting you as giving you a hug. Now, before we get into our main course, we do need to check in with our three runners-up in the Gabin in the Woods list of vegetarian and vegan killers. Okay. Because there's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. A lot. Oh. Now, honourable mention to the guy behind the Sandy Hook Massacre. Okay. Yeah, vegan. Oh, there Hardcore you go. vegan. Didn't yep. like kids, hardcore vegan. Yeah, well, yeah, I get that. So without further honeydew, <laughs> in no particular order, and I'm going to need some corny game show music here, so do, uh, do excuse this. He's the cheap shot that morons turn to when they need an edgy or can't win an argument on the internet. Born and raised in Austria, this art school dropout and mustard gas survivor became politically radicalised in the economic fallout of the First World War. That's enough of that. With strange fascination in the occult and the ability to talk his way into almost anything, including German high society, this agitator soon became a powerful figure in the Weimar Republic, despite having the worst facial hair since that fake beard that Charlton Heston wore in Planet of the Apes. Uh, imprisoned for attempting to start a coup d'etat in a pub, he wrote what can only be described as the whiniest, bitchiest, least self-aware autobiography ever written, with the exception of Russell Brand's My Bookie Wook. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Known for his love of dogs, not really, he actually tested his suicide pills on his, and his hatred of meat products, this man's diet was so strict that the only thing he ate besides boiled cabbage was a Luger bullet in April of 1945. Through his madness and ego, he dragged the world into the worst conflict ever known, and his industrialised murder of six million Jews, gypsies, gays and dissidents is possibly the worst crime ever committed. He's the greatest piece of shit of all time. It's Adolf Schickelgruber, a.k.a. Hitler. He's on your team. No, you know what? No, he's not. He wasn't actually a hardcore strict vegetarian. Wasn't he? It's 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 something that's been sort of like thrown at us to try to defeat every argument that's ever been. I was going to say, every barbecue you go to, you probably get one guy going, so fucking Hitler was a vegetarian. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, no, he wasn't. Oh, my God. Like, don't get me started. Okay, look, when not that I ever want to. There was nothing positive about the, the Hitler party. <laughs> <laughs> When they started, they were very much against vivisection. Yeah. Which was very progressive, you know, for back in the day. Yeah. You know, so that was... The Nazis were. Yeah. Like the original Nazi L- party. Yeah, look how that ended. No, before they went to the... Before list. before they hired Mr. Mengele. Yes, before yeah. they, they started killing people and burning yeah. books and, you know, the, yeah. the Poland and the killing and the death and yeah. the concentration camps before that. Okay. Anti-vivisection. Okay. So, uh, that, you know, yay. But practically Peter. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Many a person has drawn the comparison. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mm. So, uh, in the interest of political balance, mm. I need to add someone from the far left. Who do you think I might be about to talk about? 
<sighs> I, I don't know. Just hit me. Come on, there's plenty to choose from. Far left, responsible for the millions of millions and millions of deaths. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> okay, I need that music again. He's the French educated Marxist who took a hobby farming to the extreme, transforming French campuchia into an agrarian utopia. Not really, he tried to turn back time, but under his rule, millions starved and enemies of the state were famously worked to death in giant communist farms. He's the man who's credited with the death of two million of his countrymen, the world's strongest proponent of black pajamas, and an avowed vegan. It's Paul. Putt. Paul. Putt. Pol really? Pot, Pot, vegan. Really? Pol Pot was a vegan. I never knew. Yeah. I'm, I'm, ch- I'm changing my whole theory on the guy now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Look, do you know what? Can I... Okay, I don't want to play devil's advocate. Yeah. Okay. But for everyone out there who is vegan, mm-hmm. okay, you can only take so many fuckheads yeah. coming up to you and saying, the bacon, <laughs> before a part of your brain literally like snaps and then a holocaust happens. Yeah. Okay? I'm just saying, okay? So one one too many people came up to him and just said, what about bacon? And he's like, I'm going to transform Cambodia into an agrarian wasteland. Yeah, pretty much. This, I mean, that's the same with me. I've said it before and I said it often. Don't get me started because if I start yeah. this apocalypse, I'm not stopping. You're already wearing all black. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm about to get this place lit. <laughs> it's going to be me, but you know what? Because you'd say what you will about rabbits. Yeah. Not one of them has ever been, but bacon. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Oh, my God. But bacon. What the fuck? That's not an argument. It doesn't matter what you could say. You could prevent a, you could prevent a 60-page thesis and it would just be a, but bacon. <laughs> oh. Fuck it. Troglodyte, the bacon. There's fucking faux bacon, you son of a bitch. I had some tonight. It's delicious. Well, I had chicken and waffles with faux bacon. Yeah, you did. Faux chicken. This is how it starts. Yeah, look out. I'm about to uh, start executing uh, enemies of the state. You were one pot away from going <laughs> for the pole pot, pot calling the kettle blank. Ah, <laughs> oh, there we Bang. go. Bang. <laughs> Black pajamas. How good is that song, though, Holiday in Cambodia? I don't know it. Get fucked. <laughs> you don't know the Dead Kennedys. Oh, no, they did Kennedys. Yeah, I their, know that their, one. their song, Holiday in Cambodia. It's brilliant. I don't know. I, it's about white privilege. Anyway. I was a teenager. I was drunk. I can't remember oh, the details. So you were more too drunk to fuck. <laughs> never too drunk to fuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so never before has a murderous dictator much made such a good punk song about white privilege. Mm. So you're probably wondering, mm. where do we go from here? Mm. I mean, we've had Hitler, mm. we've had Pol Pot. Mm. Surely we've peaked far too early. Oh, you know, but we're still in our runners-up. <gasps> Who do you think could be left over? Oh, if you pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were no leftovers according to our next entrant in the runners-up. It's and not going to be like Dharma or someone, is <laughs> it? No, he, was, he fucking ate people. Yeah, that, but that's, that's not di- vegan. No, that's different. It's all well. It's consent. Def- technically, like I can be, I can eat people and still be vegan if they give me consent to eat them. Okay, so pigs can be taught language if we can get it to consent to being. No, eaten. pig is consenting to being eaten. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, except Jeff Bezos. <laughs> to round out our runners up, I thought that I'd let uh, the good valedictorians of oh. San Dimas High tell us who we're in for. It is indeed a pleasure to introduce to you 
gentlemen, we picked up in medieval Mongolia in the year 1269. Please welcome the very excellent barbarian, Mr. Genghis Khan! This is a dude who 700 years ago totally ravaged China and who we are told two hours ago totally ravaged Oshman Sporting Goods. <laughs> they conveniently left out some estimates that put the death toll attributable to Genghis Khan uh, and his military conquests and purges at 60 million people. Although... It's a bit awkward there, Bill and Ted. If you would believe, like, the 70s Eurovision entry of Genghis Khan, yeah. um, apparently, fabulous dancer. There you go. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised because he wasn't just an accomplished death dealer either. Oh. As many as 8% of all people mm. living in the former Mongol Empire today yeah. share DNA directly linked to Genghis Khan. That's right. This flower child loved spreading his seed far and wide with an estimated 16 million living descendants right now. That sounds His right. child support bill must be fucking off the charts. Astronomical. Oh, my God. Like, Social Security. Oh, my God. Have the hardest time. But you know what is true? It's true, though. It's one of those things when you go vegan – there's a couple of things that people don't warn you about. Right. The first thing is for the first two weeks, you will do nothing but shit your life force out. Okay. It's your body just readjusting, flushes everything out. Yeah. Then when you stop shitting yourself, you become as horny as a jackrabbit. Right. Like, like once you become vegan, your sex drive explodes. Like, I already had a very high sex drive, but once I became vegan through the freaking roof, like, you could, like, claw paint off a building horny. Wow. Yeah, so I totally get that. So, in other words, if you're a bit horny, go to Warm Adelaide. <laughs> yeah, I like, 100%. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, no, vegans, they're always at it. There you go. Yeah. So, to top it off... <clears throat> Pardon me. Many scholars believe that Khan, mm. despite living in a time and place where animal protein were pretty much the only thing available to them, mm. Khan likely was a vegetarian, if not closer to what we might recognise today as vegan. You know what he survived on? What? Diet of pussy. Pussy. <laughs> Although, let's face it, when the majority of people on the step were living off yak milk, I can see where Khan drew the line. Yeah. To be honest. <laughs> I mean, who wants to really be drinking something that looks like it's from Star Wars? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> An almond latte sounds pretty fucking good compared to that, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, actually. It does. Now, today we're not actually looking at the biggest dogs when it comes to <laughs> vegan and vegetarian killers. We're looking at someone much closer to home. Ooh. Arguably Australia's first serial killer a man responsible for the horrific deaths of at least five people mm. between Sydney and Brisbane, a man who stood out for two very un-Australian qualities. Okay? Ooh. Now, I'm, I'm couching this with the finger waggle, the, okay. the air quote, un-Australian qualities, because you know I'm being ironic when I say that, because he was gay, mm. and worst of all, quote-unquote, mm. he was a vegetarian. Ah, uh, Yeah. Well, yeah, Sam Kekovich would be rolling in his grave. Uh, and if this 2010 ad for the Australian Lamb Council uh, is probably a good insight to exactly what Australians think about the eating of meat. My fellow Australians, mankind is facing a pandemic that threatens its very existence. Un-Australianism 
As a planet, we're not eating enough lamb. Consequently, un-Australian behaviour is rife worldwide. In my own region, rugby league teams touring New Zealand would do a lot better if they shared lamb cutlets in their hotel rooms instead of what's on offer at the pub. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, and our international listeners would not be uh, in on this joke, except if they're maybe from New Zealand. Yeah. But his reference to rugby players sharing lamb cutlets instead of what's on offer at the pub mm-hmm. was a cheeky reference to an alleged gang rape that was committed in New Zealand in 2002 by our elite rugby players. <sighs> that was a nationally televised ad for lamb. And you, and you wonder why vegans are permanently like on a stage exactly. just ready to like kill all you know what it's true like i grew up in a mining town okay yes, you did. uh like in the middle of nowhere and i went vegetarian mm-hmm. because which was shocking enough because i didn't even know what vegan was no. like back in the day because there was no one there to tell you about it yeah exactly <laughs> and i still remember it was kind of like it would be like the family Shame, but I think I had sort of like I had the benefit was that because I was, you know, female, because I was a girl, you know, people could kind of be like, oh, she's always been a bit like that. She's a bit special. She's a bit off with the fairies. So I can't even imagine what it's like to be a man and come out as vegetarian. Yeah. Like in these, like, honestly, it's. I mean, there are, there are still people who get bashed, you know, for being gay in these country yeah. towns. They, they'll do the same thing for being vegetarian. There's probably more anger yeah. in, like, farming communities with a lot of beef farmers. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. There was, because I do know these people from country towns, I remember once somebody put up a post. This guy was a truck driver, and he put up a post that he wanted to set up a way station on the roads so that he could capture vegans and use them as, you know, that the thing that you stick between, you know, your uh, trailers on, um, you know, when you got your big semi, yeah, and the little thing like. <laughs> On the tow bar, you know, the thing that you use to, like, stop it, you know, to connect it. He wanted to use them basically as that. That's uh, what he okay. thought that they should all be used for. Or um, have their bollocks cut off. So Too long alone in a cabin with a CB radio there. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's hard to be vegetarian or vegan Very in a much country so. town. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you think about it, you know, like, up until probably 1980, Australia's unofficial national anthem was an ad put to air by General Motors, who used to produce a car in Australia called Holden. Yeah. And the lyrics to the song were, we like football, meat pies, kangaroos and Holden cars. Yeah. And that that was very much a veiled, don't you even fucking look at me, faggot. Yeah, don't you dare look at that carrot. Yeah. You're rocking, I love you. So that's Australia. Yeah. For you. So uh, being a classy country like we are, it's fitting today that we are talking about Possibly Australia's first recognised serial killer. Oh, nice. William MacDonald, the Sydney Mutilator. Oh, nice. 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 So, it's Sydney. It's the early 1960s and it was a city that was discovering its own identity. Right? Because Australia started to emerge at this time from the shadow of the British Empire. Mm -hmm. So, we were always a a British colony after the invasion. Mm -hmm. And after World War II, we very much sort of separated from the, the British teat and looked towards the sugary, sugary, lovely molasses of the United States of America. <laughs> so it became this weird kind of crossover. Mm. 
you know. So Australia was beginning to emerge from that. And it was all in the middle of the post-war baby boom. Mm-hmm. So we were about to change our money from British pounds to the Australian dollar. Mm-hmm. Comedians like Graham Kennedy uh, and the Mavis Brampton show were iconoclastic. And they cemented Australia's emerging culture in our humour. And musicians like the Seekers and the Easy Beats, the Easy Beats being the, um, the progenitors of ACDC, we're putting the local stamp on rock and roll. Is that that I've got Friday on my mind? Yeah, so two of those guys do, were do, do, um, do. Vander and Young, the guys who produced all the ACDC records, there the older go. brother of um, Angus and Malcolm Young. There you go. Yeah. Who knew? There you go. Well, a lot of people. Well, shut up. <laughs> now, just to give you an idea about what Australian humour was like Mm-mm. back in those days, I've actually got... A quote here from the Mavis Branston show. Can you hear blackface over a podcast, though? You're, you're going to be surprised at how British the accents were. Okay. Now, you've got to remember that at this time in Australia, there was actually laws mm. within our broadcasting, especially the public broadcaster, that you needed to have a particular sounding voice. What? Which, which, well, first of all, was for good diction. You needed to be well heard because this is back in the days of AM. Mm, okay. So there was no clarity in the radio. You needed good diction, good pronunciation. Otherwise, you're fucking talking, you get a lot of fucking lost on the radio, and that'd, that'd be that. So they had very plummy accents. Okay. But this humour was considered very iconoclastic. So okay. give this a listen. And here is the news. Graham Kennedy gets a thousand pounds a week. Actually, it's five hundred pounds from GTV to make sure he stays on the show, and five hundred pounds from Sydney to make sure that he stays in Melbourne. <laughs> R.W. Miller has made a deal with the American Schlitz Brewery and soon Americans will be drinking Australian beer. That's all right as long as we're not expected to drink American beer. So please, Mr. Miller, don't give us Schlitz. (laughs) That was considered groundbreaking. Don't give us the Schlitz. (laughs) But did you hear how British he still sounded? Yeah, absolutely. So we were still a forelock-tugging little Mm -hmm. fucking bitch. To the United Kingdom, basically. Yeah. But we were starting to emerge from that. So a picture that city, that Sydney, where you've got all that going on. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, while it's emerging and going into the summer of love, a serial killer was on the loose. Oh. A homicidal maniac was luring his victims into dark places, stabbing them dozens of times about the head and neck, and then mutilating their bodies in the most unimaginable manner. Sounds like a good Saturday night, to be honest. (laughs) You want to be stabbed about the head and neck or in the nether regions? Well, you know, a little tit for tat. Fair enough. I wonder why you're always wearing knee pads with a dress. (laughs) Don't judge me. Now, investigating police had no trouble in linking the murders to the same unknown psychopath, who was now dubbed in the media as the Mutilator. The warped killer's crimes were easily recognised as his victims were always either homeless or street drunks. And all had been stabbed to death in very public places. And in classic serial killer fashion, their death was marked with a gruesome calling card. In this case, their genitals being removed. Okay, for a start. Yeah. Okay, the first thing I draw issue with, if you're trying to like make not more people become serial killers, stop giving them cool ass names. I know. Like the mutilator. Yeah. Like fucking I want to steal that name and get like a WWE contract, okay? Like that's just cool. Okay, for They should have called him the ball bagger. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's even that too. You know, the bedwetter. <laughs> you know, the pad shitter. The nut smuggler. That's how you like you get people to not do crime. Give them really uncool, you know, 
you know, probably lives at home with his mum killer. <laughs> That's how you get the kids out of crime. But he got sued their genitals. Their genitals were removed. And it's such quaint terminology, isn't it? Their genitals removed like you're taking a Nintendo Switch away from a <laughs> disobedient child. No, they had their balls and dick cut off. So to quote Captain Jack Sparrow, uh, say, say, snippy, snippy eunuch. But you said the public place. Public place. So somebody is like stab, stab, stab. Okay, there's like a stab, stab. Okay, I don't want to be involved. But it you, seriously is going to take time to cut off nuts and balls. But remember, this is the early 1960s in Australia. There's no – so pubs all shut early. Like there was not a great deal of nightlife. People were out drinking. <laughs> just, there's got to be somebody walking at shit somewhere. It's the middle of Sydney. Sydney's a fucking brutal city. <laughs> it's, like, it's like New York with a decent beach. Oh, but I like to think if I'm getting my genitals cut off in like 9 11, yeah. somebody could go to a payphone to call it in. Well, you'd think so. You'd, I'd like to hope so. so. So, a policeman who doesn't even have access to a motorbike probably is going <sighs> to. It's Sydney. There's a lot of dark alleys. It's the 60s, so it's still underdeveloped, but very urban density. There's a lot of that. If I ever become a serial killer and do that, you know, because as I'm slapping them with their own dick, I'll be like, but bacon, but bacon. (laughs) Anyway, continue. (laughs) But catching the mutilator would prove to be no easy task. He's doing it in the middle of the street. I'm sorry. How are you not catching it? It's broad daylight. And there's a bum. Everybody notices the bum because you make sure to notice the bum so you don't make eye contact with them. He's like the Banksy of genital mutilation. He's just gone. Oh, my God. Poof, he's gone. Like a penis. They Susie. just appear in an art gallery. And then as someone bids on them, they shred. What I like is that this is happening at the same time. Oh, no, that was the 1930s when someone was walking around with a piece of chalk writing eternity. On all over the ground on fucking Sydney. Sydney's a wacky place, man. Yeah. I don't like it. You know what? It's an eternity for anybody who's still got their genitals. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. Imagine being that ghost <sighs> when you pass over. No, just, oh. <laughs> oh, I have to sit down to piss. Oh. <laughs> I'll scare you with my wang. Oh, oh no. The ghost of football players passed. Oh, that, yeah, that's a bit shit. Very shit. Just, oh. <laughs> oh. I don't know. So we know the mutilator was elusive. So he was actually as elusive as he was barbaric. And when police finally got their man, it was an only a freak incident which became known worldwide as the case of the walking corpse. That brought him to the attention of authorities. What? And we're going to get to that one next week, but there's a lot to get through today. The case of the walking corpse. Oh my God. It's fucked up. (laughs) Now, the case of the walking corpse might also refer to the dying days of Fiona O'Loughlin's comedy career. I was going to say, what's Trump's wife? (laughs) (laughs) Poor Melania. Oh, if that's not a person who's dead inside, I don't know what is. I think she's like that guy from the Hellboy. It's just all sand inside. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the cops when they got when they actually did arrest him, like they were just so convinced he was going to like fit this stereotype of like a giant brute. Yeah. And he turned out to just be this really unassuming skinny guy. Because policing back then wasn't exactly a science. You had to be good at. Fo- you had to be. Yeah. There was a minimum height, and you had to basically play a sport. Yes, and that was yes, it. basically, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, born Allen Ginsberg in Liverpool, 1924, 
I know, he nearly became a poet. (laughs) MacDonald proved to be an unusual child, prone to taking long walks at night by himself, and on many occasions his mother actually had to call the police and go and search for him. Okay, it's called being a goth, all right? It's not, <laughs> it's not unusual, all right? It's like, fucking Tim Burton would be like classified as a serial killer by this definition. He just likes to look at the moon and they with say, his anus. And they say, that, <laughs> they say that this is like worrying behaviour. Do you know what I would give for my kid to fucking want to go for a bit of a stroll yeah. instead of sitting down for hours on end watching that Swedish Nazi PewDiePie on YouTube? strolling at night it's just it's quiet there's yeah. no one around you don't have to make awkward eye contact with people as you pass on the street so much better yeah I'm a, oh my god and like people put out shit that they want you to take away like on the grassy bits so if they just left him alone he might have become a hard rubbish hero yeah basically instead of leaving his own <laughs> well no he took the genitals with him <laughs> well he did actually yeah so you know <laughs> <laughs> you keep what you kill, you know. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know the terminology for someone who's not going to get their hands bloody. I'm just saying. I watched the Chronicles of Reddick the other night as oh, well. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Good philosophy to live by. <laughs> uh, so his parents said that he never actually sought company of other kids and remained friendless all of his life. Oh my God, you're a serial killer, buddy. (laughs) But anyway. Now, psychiatrists would actually diagnose the young Ginsberg, who would later change his name to McDonald, Mm. as being schizophrenic. Okay. So what do you think the best thing is for someone who's got paranoid delusions in that era? Oh, you know, um, correct medication, you know, some like therative therapy, some positive mood enhancements, uh, you know, letting him know that he's safe and nurtured. Yeah, thinking like a communist lesbian, Liz. That's what you're doing. You know what you do? Beat him? Yeah, give him a gun and put him in the army. Oh, that was my next suggestion. Yeah. So in 1943, at the age of 19, the young MacDonald joined the army and was transferred to the Lancashire Fusiliers, a highly... (laughs) Decorated Infantry Regiment. Of serial killers? Yep. This is where a life-changing event happened. Oh, God. And no, we're not talking about pitting him against his natural fucking ally, the bad, the man with the bad moustache who also liked vegetables. <laughs> no. Now, trigger warning. Mm-hmm. We actually are going to be talking about sexual assault in this point here. So okay. if this is not your thing, skip forward about probably about a minute. Okay. But we do need to discuss this in the context of the story. So it was in his early days in the army that mm. McDonald was raped in an air raid, air raid shelter by the corporal who was in charge of him, who would later threaten him with death if he told anyone. So at first, it's recorded that the young private McDonald was, understandably, mm-hmm. severely damaged by the experience. Yeah, that'll do it. But as time went by, he apparently realised that he'd enjoyed the physical experience and believed that this was the start of his life as a homosexual, a life that would bring him... Nothing but misery and humiliation. Now, fair play. Being gay before any time before about 2019 was horrendous. Mm-hmm. So it was still illegal and could easily get you killed back then. Yeah. And the gay panic defense actually still exists in some Australian jurisdictions. So, Which is, which is simply outrageous. Yeah. For those who hadn't heard of it before, because you live in a civilized fucking society, um... Uh, basically, you could use the defense of like, oh, well, I suddenly, you know, found out he was gay and it scared me so much, I beat him to death. Yeah. Not in the, you know, ironically, <clears throat> not in a good way. Um, 
Yeah, that was that was actual. You could use that as court and be like, "Well, get yeah. out of free then." If you were a little bit scared by him being gay, yeah, he touched my leg, so I murdered him. Yeah, rather than just being slightly flattered, like you know what, I've put on a few kilos, but he still sees the beauty in me. Yeah, you know, like oh yeah, sure, the bus was packed. You know, yeah, exactly. And it was just the driver's sharp brake lever. Oh my god, gay. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, the old gay panic defense got a bit of use in Sydney. Let's put it that way. Oh. Yeah, you so, wonder why vegans start murdering uh, people the more yeah, you go on. I'm exactly. like, I'm getting on board. <laughs> yeah, it's convincing, it's isn't it? It's a recruitment drive. Oh, yeah. I see it. Yeah. So it was actually going to be a lifelong defining thing that being raped by this despised corporal would constantly be on McDonald's mind throughout his life, and would, according yeah. to some writers on the subject, play an important part in creating the serial killer that would one day haunt Sydney streets. Now, I don't want to downplay the lifelong impacts of sexual assault. We know it's a horrific thing to endure, mm-hmm. but it seems like a bit of a cop-out to say that that's what drove him to become a serial killer. Mm. Because by that logic, wouldn't about one in four women in Australia be a fucking serial killer by now? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I've actually got a feeling that the next things we're going to discuss in McDonald's life had more of a part in his graduation from... Strange loner to serial killer. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's always like we always find out these things where it's like, oh, you know, like, you know, his mum used to like, you know, dress him up in pantyhose and like spank him and his dad used to piss on him. Oh, but it's because he's gay that he's a serial yeah. killer. Yeah, nah. No, no, no. That's, yeah. Yeah. It's because Christmas was a time for tears. Yeah. Yeah. So when McDonald was discharged from the army in 1947, so he's served his tour by the sounds of things, sounds like he's got an honourable discharge. I, I applaud him for not going crazy like with a machine gun and killing everyone in the army. Yeah. Well, I don't know much about where he was deployed, so maybe he got a few chances to do that. Oh, the, Yeah, that's true. Because the Fusiliers were involved in the invasion of Italy and a few other things. Ah, okay. So uh, very, very highly recommend, uh, very highly commended unit mm. in the context of World War II. Okay. So when McDonald was discharged from the army in 1947, psychiatrists again diagnosed him as schizophrenic. And he was then released into the care of his brother. What do you think his brother did? Oh, let me guess. He was a butcher, wasn't he? <laughs> no. There I'm was only three professions back then. There was, yeah. Butcher, garbage man, <laughs> or policeman. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> if you didn't fall into one of those characters. No, his brother did the loving thing, actually, and had him committed to a Dark Ages-era Scottish mental asylum. Oh, nice. Yeah. So nice. think stone walls, padded cells, exposure to the elements, and constant electroshock therapy. So hang on. So all these years they had him running around the world with, like, <laughs> assault <laughs> weapons yeah. and grenades. Oh, that's fine. As soon as the war ended, oh, no, well, he's clearly... Mentally wrong, you know. <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, if it was America, that at least let him be a janitor in a school. Yeah. Oh, my God. Sell <laughs> weed to the kids and talk about his nuts that were blown off in Iraq. That's just... That's... Oh, my God. I can't yeah. even... Yeah. So mental health treatment really was horrendous up until really quite recently. So here in South Australia, where our mental health system was directly modelled on the, uh, the British system, patients were often sewn into straitjackets. It was that bad. So you didn't go to these hospitals to be treated. You basically went to disappear from your family's problems. Yeah. That's pretty much how they worked. How do you, like, if you're... Uh, oh, my... What? Yeah. You're... But, oh. You know what the worst thing is for, like... But then, how do you go potty? I don't know. I imagine you get very good at doing that Cossack dance where you kind of jump up and down on the legs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I'm sure they've got a buzzer or something. Or you just shit yourself. 
Yeah, that's true. You probably just shat yourself and then they hosed you off in a very yeah. dignified manner. Well, you know what? You're living in a Scottish, like, asylum. You know, what do you yeah. care about the laundry? You're not doing it. So apparently apparently the place where McDonald was kept was, like, pure bedlam. Like, literally bedlam. Oh, yeah. uh, and after six months, he was discharged into his mother's care. So imagine coming straight out of the army mm. where you've been sexually assaulted. Mm. You're dumped into a Scottish lunatic asylum yep. for six months and then released to live with your mum in Liverpool. A grey, working-class shithole. I'd probably have taken the asylum, <laughs> if you're honest. What's on TV, Mum? EastEnders. Fuck! I'm going for a walk. <laughs> you better not be not alone at night, I hope. <laughs> That's weird behaviour, that is. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So as he grew older, Ginsburg, as he was still known then, became an active homosexual. So openly soliciting men in public toilets and bars. Now, as we know... Homosexuality made life very difficult in those conservative times, mm-hmm. and MacDonald, who was still Ginsburg then, was moved from job to job as the taunts and ridicule became too much for him to cope with. Was he a priest? <laughs> no, no, no. They would have given him access to a school. <laughs> you don't remember, like, they fucking castrated the guy that invented the bloody computer, didn't they? Alan Turing? Did they? Yeah, for being gay. They fucking chemically castrated him. Oh. God. And this guy helped win the fucking war. That, uh, yeah, that sounds like the kind of like bullshit thing. And ironically, now yeah. the internet is half dicks. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, he's been in the army. Okay. He's a loner. Yes. He spent a lot of time in mental asylums. Yes. He's bullied and taunted at work. Yes. To top matters off. Yes. He's having to move from place to place. And now he's actually starting to worry about his sanity. Because in 1947... McDonald consulted a psychiatrist about his mental condition, claiming that the persecution he was receiving at his workplaces and around where he lived were causing delusions and had him hearing voices in his head. At the psychiatrist's recommendation, he spent another three months in mental institutions. Oh, my God. Funnily enough, it changed nothing. Or we could just introduce laws to stop workplace bullying. Yeah. Oh, my God. Or just people could stop being fucking assholes to one another. That's the other option. How ironic is it that the definition of insanity is trying the same thing twice and it's still not working but not changing anything? And that's what they're doing with his mental health care. Yeah, exactly. Just, oh, this clearly didn't work the first time. Let's give it another go. Yeah. So, disillusioned and convinced that his surroundings were to blame for his unstable mental health condition. I agree. Ginsburg emigrated to Canada in 1949. Nice. And then to Australia in 1955. Oh. It was then that he changed his name to William MacDonald in the hope of starting a new life. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Now, back in the 1950s and 60s, it was entirely possible to completely reinvent yourself by simply changing names. Like, you didn't even have to move too far. Like, mm-hmm. no social media, no electronic records. Like, I'm surprised the FBI even needed witness protection when you could just change your name by one letter and grow a moustache. Yeah. And then you're fine. Just go one suburb over, yeah. never to be found again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But in the case of McDonald, it seemed that he really just wanted a clean slate for him to then get bloody. Oh. Because shortly after his arrival in Australia, McDonald was charged with indecent assault when he touched a detective on the penis in a public toilet in Adelaide the capital of South Australia. Now, for the record, Mm. this was a really close call for McDonald because Adelaide in the 1950s, 60s and 70s was super dangerous for gay men. Yeah. Like, ridiculous. And police were actually linked to one murder 
that was part of a series of unofficially sanctioned gay bashings that used to take part on Adelaide streets. That's oh my god, that's so outrageous. Yeah, I mean, there's one there's one case that I really don't ever want to have to deal with on on this podcast, and that's the family murders, mm. which is probably Australia's most famous series of murders. They happened here in Adelaide. Yeah, and it happened during our time, and the the circumstances of it were horrific. Yeah, but one of the only reasons they caught the guy who did those murders, his name was Bevan Spencer von Einem, was that he was involved in testifying as to how police had murdered a gay man. Yeah. And the only reason they recognised him was because the cops kept that guy in the back of their mind. Yeah. And kind of put two and two together years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's a famous photo of him coming out of the actual inquest. But yeah, basically the police just used to bash gay men and throw them in the river and one of them drowned one time. Uh, And it was linked to elite footy clubs. Yeah. Or elite rowing clubs, all sorts of stuff. Adelaide was a gay hate crime haven. Oh, but it's such bullshit. I mean, be confident enough in your sexuality. Do you know mm. what I mean? Someone makes a crack on you. Look, no, thanks, yeah, but that's not how I swing. Exactly. And off you go. And that's the end of it. That is the end. That is the end of it. Oh, Be my. flattered. Exactly. Be like, oh, I've still got it. Believe me, gay men are the pickiest sons of bitches Fuck on the face of the earth. If one of them is like to like look fondly on you then you should be like well fucking i've still got it (laughs) oh my god not like women oh my god we'll sleep with any old fucking piece of shit that comes along we don't have standards anymore gay men oh (laughs) the world would end if women had the standards that gay men did oh absolutely it would yeah so believe me if if a gay person compliment you know cracks on you it's a compliment and take it as thus once lena even give your old todger a bit of a tickle yeah Oh, my God. So without any pun intended, McDonald got off lightly. (laughs) (laughs) Because he was placed on a two-year good behaviour bond. Two-year? touching a dick? Touching a dick. For touching a dick? A two-year good behaviour bond. And I'm guessing it's your word against theirs. Do you know how many dicks I've touched in my life? More than me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I... I wouldn't have parole. I'd die in prison. If we line up all the dicks you've touched, would they stretch to the moon? Uh, <laughs> Is it like intestines? <laughs> I don't feel that's a reflection on me. That's a reflection on the dicks. <laughs> no, I don't think they are. There are some you're like, well. Oh. A few sad ones. Yeah. Then I didn't touch. I left. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Oh, I've got a migraine. <laughs> Sorry, I've got a podcast. I should be recording. Oh, really? That Somewhere. recent? There we go. <laughs> So after he was released on a good behaviour bond, McDonald, he actually changed his name legally to McDonald by this point, nice. moved to Ballarat in the neighbouring state of Victoria. But there his life continued to be dogged with trouble. While he was working on a local construction site, he was beaten by workmates for being gay. Oh, fuck's sake. I know, you're kind of starting to sympathise with him at this point, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm on his side. Yeah. But in a major escalation for McDonald, this time... He retaliated. Good on him. Yep. So in this case, he bought a knife mm. and he slashed all the tyres on their bicycles. So, <laughs> so he got gay bashed by the BMX bandits. <laughs> Was everyone 12 at this work site? I have to check because back in the day, people were working from seven. Was everyone 12 at this work site? Was he getting beaten up by the kids from Stranger Things? What the hell? Yeah. Slashed the bicycle. <laughs> uh, take that. Yeah. Oh my god, did he even take the little 
off their bells so it wouldn't ding anymore. That would have <laughs> that would have vexed them. Oh, I tell you. <laughs> I'll show you. So, McDonald's sexuality, and more importantly, Australia's homophobia, mm-hmm. would see him move around the country from job to job, mm-hmm. leaving workplaces when the ta- the taunting or violence he faced would become too much. <sighs> Poor bugger. And it was soon after that that McDonald graduated from slashing tires to slashing throats. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, I'm not 100% against what he's doing at this stage. Like, I don't endorse it. Nobody do it. Like, honestly, just those people are dicks. Move to another town. You don't need these pieces of shit in your life. But, oh my God. Yeah. I'm not, I kind of see where he's coming from, if I'm going to be honest. Me too. I'm not not 100% against this. No. And we're going to learn all about that and more, including the case of the walking corpse. In the next episode of Gabin in the Woods. You can't tell us there's going to be a walking corpse. The case of the walking corpse. <gasps> and it's fucked up. Aww. Yeah. Now, if anyone's ever been to Ballarat, it's a fucked up town. Mm. Ballarat is, is literally the epicentre of Australia's Catholic Church sex abuses. Oh. That's where, that's where Father Gerald Rinsdale did his worst work. So Ballarat has seen some shit. Is that actually on, like, as you drive into the town? Is that actually on the plaque now? <laughs> next to the Kiwanis Apex Rotary, <laughs> the epicentre of Australia's Catholic sex crimes. <laughs> There's just, like, a priest high-fiving a kid, <laughs> like, in silhouette. Oh. It's, it's hard to put on a postcard. It really is. That's hard to, it's hard to sell. Yeah. Home of the Eureka Stockade. Is that, or is that Bendigo? I always get those two confused. Yeah, me too. Is it Bendigo? I think Bendigo. No, I think Ballarat. Was it Ballarat? Where was the Rum Rebellion? That was in fucking Sydney or Queensland or some shit. I can't keep up. Yeah, me either. I don't know my Australian history. We're too boring. They're all the the same to me. We've got that cannibal. We're going to do that episode about that cannibal. We do. Well, actually, actually, our history isn't boring. It's just been horrendously whitewashed. Yeah. And it's just horrendously like racist and homophobic and sexist and just awkward. Yeah. Yeah, they sent some dicks out here. They really did. Like, I know. <laughs> I we were, and you know what? A lot of the time, it wasn't because everyone's like, "Oh, it's because you're a prison colony." A lot of the time, a lot of the prisoners were just poor or Irish. Yeah, it, I mean, it was forced labor. They wanted to replace their loss of the Americas. Yeah, basically, and thus we were born. Huzzah! Yeah, we were that third child that they didn't want. <laughs> we were that unplanned pregnancy that they really didn't want to have to deal with. Oh, we were the red-headed stepchild. We really <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited for next week. But I've got to be honest, I'm not I'm not 100% like I'm kind of on this guy's side at this stage. Yeah, he's had a shit life. Yeah. Like a really really shit life. Yeah. There's like not he hasn't met anyone where I'm like, "Oh, you could have been a good influence. Everyone he's met has been a complete ass twat." <laughs> Fucking asshole. See, I was going to do this episode on the guy who murdered the far-right Dutch politician, Pim Verbeek. Mm. He was a a vegan activist who Mm. didn't like his anti-Muslim rhetoric, so shot him dead in the street. There you go. You don't think of the Dutch that way, do you? You think it's all canals and weed, but you've got to remember, these guys rose up against the Nazis. Yeah, fucking... Yeah, They're well, look, they can, they, can, they, can, <laughs> they can come down and sober up for as long as they need to yeah. when shit gets real. But then as soon as it's over, was over, man. <laughs> <sighs> Haven't they gotten rid of the recreational marijuana? No. No? 
No. I thought they were going to do that. No, that's their whole tourism industry. Yeah, I know, but I think they were like, oh, this is kind of seedy because we're basically the Thailand of Europe. Yeah. No, they're not getting rid of that. Oh, there yeah. you go. They have the Dick Museum. There's a Dick Museum? There's a Dick Museum. Well, why don't we save all these dick pics and just go there? Well, you, you, you can. And like by the front, they've got like a giant, like, like 10 foot carved from wood, hand carved dick. And you can sit on the balls and oh. take a picture. Why? On the giant dick. Why? What, what do you mean why? As if you even need to ask. It's if you see a 10, 10 foot hand carved dick and you don't want to sit on the balls. I'm guessing Hitler didn't steal any of their art. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think Hitler stole all of their art. <laughs> oh, oh we, will, we will take the, uh, the Van Gogh and we will take all the Matisse. You can have the giant 12 inch, 12 foot dick. No, I beg to differ. I reckon if the Nazis were going to do any kind of like a cult ritual to try to summon <laughs> Satan, it would have been around a 10 foot hand carved dick and balls. Probably. That's got Nazi written all over it. I love that shit. <laughs> it had to be circumcised though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was circumcised. That's why they didn't take it. <laughs> it was uncir- Yeah, it was, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this Jewish propaganda. It's not all like them, you know. Not like a big, proud Aryan cock. There you go. Imagine if all that Nazi hate came down to homophobia. That makes sense. Their dicks are streamlined and less stinky. (laughs) (laughs) They never get to the thrush. (laughs) We will leave them to rot. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it all makes sense. Well, you've heard that rumour of that's how how racism started between black and white people. Was that the first time... Uh, a white man saw a white lady look at a black cock. That's how racism started. <laughs> I know that was um, actually during the American um, slavery era. Yeah. That was a big part of the panic. Oh, uh, yeah. That men with huge protuberances were going to ruin those good southern gals. <laughs> What's this would have? <laughs> oh, if they could have, they did. Yeah, woo! There's a reason those ladies were fanning themselves. Oh, my. Oh, my God. <laughs> Life fans away, sir. <laughs> Life fans away. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh, my Lord. All that Idris Ilba action. Woo! <laughs> <sighs> microphone my ass. <laughs> Every fine southern lady knows what that was, and it wasn't a microphone. <laughs> Woo! <sighs> oh, Poor ra- Idris. Racism, like homophobia. It's just so dumb. Yeah. Like, yeah, it is. You can hate someone. Hate someone because they're a fuckhead. Yeah. Hate the guys that bullied this dude just for being gay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hate the guys who were getting around on their fucking bicycles, like, bullying people for being gay at a workplace. Yeah. Fuck off, you yeah. fucking hipster cunt. Yeah. <laughs> Get stick your head in your kombucha. Can you imagine how hard it would have been to be gay back in those days? And the only blokes around to fuck are ugly 1950s men. Oh. With pants up to their fucking oh. nipples. Oh. oh, drinking five pots of fucking VB before lunch time. Oh my god, and there was like there was nowhere that you could go they for like all eat fucking lamb chops and no vegetables. Oh. Being gay would have sucked. It really would. Yeah. And there was no you couldn't get a good manscaping going on. No. Cause, you know, people would notice that and you yeah. know. Oh, it just oh. Well, if you're into like big hairy brutes like yourself, you would have made out. Like these dudes who like dudes that look like dudes that have been living in the back of Russia for the last, you know, 20 generations. You would have made out like a bandit. I would have, yeah. Yeah. But, oh, not. A, a tundra ape. 
Oh, poor little Twix. I know. Aww. Poor Twinks. Yeah. Mate of mine who's gay is a very scary looking biker. Mm. And he is he likes the twinkiest twinks. And it always looks like he's accompanying a rock star. But he's like the security. <laughs> I think it's just like someone that he's kidnapped. Yeah. But he's a scary looking dude with face tats and gold teeth and all that sort of stuff. The, the fucking man he picks up. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Half of them look like they should be on Eurovision. Well, like, you know, the, the people have that people have that bikey fantasy. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's the same. I told you I, I that um, I knew that guy who looked like a biker, and he would he was on Tinder. Yeah. And he would get message requests all the time from you know from ladies who were like, "Oh yeah, I want you to come around and pretend like you're." You know, molesting me yeah. um, against my will. But after you tie up my husband and he has to watch on the like from the corner and he's just like, no. No, that's not happening. <laughs> like, w- maybe we could go on a picnic and talk about <laughs> films. No, I want, you, I want you to tie up my husband and molest me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that doesn't end well for anyone. Yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, so he got that a lot. So it's a fetish. It's a thing. It is. You know? Yeah. But next week we'll deal with what tipped him over the edge. Oh my God. As if I think. <laughs> I think we know. <laughs> the last, like, how old is he by this stage? I feel like he's, like, what is he, 15? Well, he was 19 in 1943 and it's now 1960. So he's about, what, 30 something. Okay. I feel like what has tipped him over the edge has been the last 30 years of his life. Yeah, pretty much. Every, every day of the last 30 years has tipped him over. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm not I'm not I'm not 100% against him. <laughs> I'm kind of I mean I'm yeah, I'm kind of with him. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if he'd killed homophobes instead of just random street drunks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. If you're going to be on a killing spree, yeah. Fucking hunt down that guy from the army. Or hunt down the dude who you just cuz you touched his dick gave you two fucking years. In prison. Yeah. Fuck. But there's a very there's a very good series uh, on Australia's second national broadcaster, SBS, mm. that I will link on the Facebook page and the Instagram account, mm. talking about the 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 officially sanctioned gay bashings in Adelaide. It's fucking horrific reading, That's but it's worth knowing about. You know, if someone if someone touches your dick, the only thing you should give them is flowers. There you go. <laughs> Especially if they're your doctor. <laughs> yeah, thank you for looking at that. <gasps> Speaking of, of your dick and a doctor, that guy who we reviewed last week, please see a medical doctor. Yeah, please. They're a plastic surgeon. Just get that get that scene too. Yeah. That's, that's not right. No. Yeah. And anyone else out there, please send us your dick pics. We're not homophobic. Send them to at the John Brooks. I don't want dick pics. For the team. How about an equal ratio of boobs? Yeah, men can send you their boobs. That's okay, fine. I'll take men's boobs. Yeah. Done. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. What if it's a dick in between boobs? Okay. If someone, if so, if a man has evolved to the point where he can give himself his own titwank, then I will fucking applaud you. Ron Jeremy's still alive, isn't he? He is. Yeah. You go. <laughs> He's in prison. <laughs> if someone can get a camera phone to Ron Jeremy, <laughs> just say your fucking catchphrase. Real Mothman eat the carpet. Uh, and look at the dick unless it's a detective in a fucking Adelaide public toilet. You can look at it, just don't touch it. <laughs> Looking at it with eyes. 